Hello everyone and welcome to Coffee Talk. It's a cool May 2 for a weekend morning. I've got my coffee. I'm about to talk, grab a coffee, and I'm gonna chat. I'm gonna chat about money. And why should I chat about money? I don't even know, I'm not even in the biz anymore. But one day a voice said to me, it said, Julie, share your knowledge of 20 years of the financial services industry, share it with truth and authenticity to anyone who needs to listen. So here I am, serving my purpose, serving my destiny, listening to the call. So grab a coffee. I've got a coffee. I'm snuggled up on the couch. It's a cold May 2-4 weekend. I hate that expression, May 2-4. It just makes people sound like white trash. And trust me, I like to drink. I drank for a lot of years, but just can't handle that expression. It's the people who use party as a verb say me too for. So I'm thinking about the May too for weekend and the fact that I did not, for one of the first times, go to the cottage. I grew up at a cottage. My first memories are me tied to a tree in front of the cottage on a rope. And no, I wasn't abused. This isn't a tell-all. That's how I was kept safe, on a rope and a harness, so I couldn't fall in the lake. Because I was the last of seven. There's a cacophony of noise and activity and kids from all along the shore that gathered at our house. You'd never know if I slipped in the water. So there's one picture of me tied to the tree. I'm adorable and I'm surrounded by kids. And I thought it was a genius idea. I could get to the sandbox, the swing set, and the lake, the edge of the lake. Yeah, sometimes I probably got wrapped around the tree. I can't even imagine. But my first recollections of life were at the cottage. We were cottagers. We left the last day of school and we got back the night before school. We were not to be seen again in the city. My mom would buy us back to school clothes before we left and put them out on our bed so we would be ready to rock and roll. They would shove seven kids and a babysitter into a station wagon. I think they split us up. I think my older brothers went with someone else. And then a trailer. It was madness. I remember one year our trailer the tarp came off, all our shit went over the 401. They'd put me in the very back when I wasn't sitting on my mom's lap. You'd, you'd go to the back and then progress to the front and literally just give me a bag of, a pound bag of sugar snap cookies and I would eat them the entire way and probably get pummeled and who knows what while my brothers and sisters in the back. My father, to keep us under control, would make us say decades of the rosary. And so for you non-Catholics, it's like these prayer beads and you say these Hail Mary prayers over and over and over again. So he would lead the prayers, Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. And we would be like the congregation and we would respond. So we'd all pretend we're sleeping so we didn't have to do it. So the cottage is in my blood. I lived up there. My first love happened up there. My first cigarette, my first drink. It's an awesome place, my first job. 
I had a paper route delivering papers by boat to all the cottagers. The Toronto Star, 15 cents. And yes, people would give me a quarter and ask for change. And then I worked up there in the summers and I would complain as a teenager. Oh, I don't wanna be at the cottage. My friends are all at home having the best time. So I worked at the grocery store. I was very blessed to have a cottage life and now I don't have a cottage. I lean on my mom's cottage. We get to use it for free. We're very, very lucky. We also have a cottage that my husband's family owns. We get to use that cottage. So we've never had to buy a cottage. We've never had to consider whether or not to buy a cottage. And we've really gone through the cottage years. Our kids got to grow up at a cottage. I got to take a few weeks off in the summer. Mike's cottage is hilarious. His father's school built it. So the shop teacher's class built it and they rolled it up the highway up to Halliburton. It's basically a double wide. It's awesome. It's what a cottage should be. The land it's on is gorgeous and it does the job and there's no sweat in it. There's no consumerism. There's no, we got to buy this. We got to update this. They actually own it with another family, which is going to be a nightmare down the road. This cottage is literally owned by 10 people. So they switch it up. One month you get July, the next month you get August. They've all gotten along over the years. There's two matriarchs who will take no shit from no one and they sit down like the two leaders of their states and they work it all out. And this cottage, they have tracked every penny spent in the ledger. Like one case of beer while we did this. Six nails. Every bit. Over the last 40 years. You know how much they've spent? Including the land, including the cottage, including everything. I think it's coming towards $70,000. Unbelievable. Because they're frugal. But cottages are not cheap those days are over and I feel like the cottaging days are over not a lot of moms or dads can take a whole summer off anymore my mom would take the summer off she'd be up there with seven kids and no car and my dad would drive back and forth on weekends she'd have to take all the kids in the boat and then take the boat to town to get groceries schlep to the store schlep back to the locks where she parked the boat Awesome. So it was a different time cottaging back then. You stayed up for the summer. You made lifelong relationships. My best, best friends are cottage friends. Nothing can replicate that. It's kind of like going to camp with people. There's a magic about being on the water with people, being in a cottage and growing up together. So when I think about, we should buy a cottage. We should buy a cottage. I feel like there's something wrong that I don't have a cottage or that I don't want to buy a cottage, probably because I have two to use for free. God, you go up there, the fridge is full of food, the boat has gas. But at some point, very soon, we're gonna have to make the decision. 
What do we have for the Sampsons? Do we buy the cottage or not? And that's what I'm chatting about today, buying cottages. Is it a good investment? Can you afford it? Is it really necessary? All you people out there who have not yet thought about it, this is what we're going to chat about today. The cottage. It doesn't really ring my bell these days. You've got the long drive. And you get up there and you got to go to the grocery store. It ain't a trip to the cottage until you've been to Sobeys. Sobeys. You got to clean all the mouse shit. You got to turn it upside down, scrub it down, do the gardens, put the docks in. Maybe I'm just lazy, but I got to do all that shit at home. It's not really a rest, not really a vacay. And back in the day when you're there for two months, yeah, it makes sense. But when you're there for a week or a weekend, and I'm at a disadvantage, I don't drink. And the cottage is kind of synonymous with cracking one open. You get up there, you have your drink on the dock, you have happy hour with your neighbors. I don't really do that anymore, so it's not as much of an lure to me. And I find cottaging has become very suburban. We're up in Fenland Falls and the road's paved. Your dog has to be on a leash. You know, it's very suburban. There's a lot of people moving up there, retiring, building permanent homes. I don't feel like I'm getting away. I'm in another place. But I don't feel like I'm getting away as much. People are just kind of bringing the city to the cottage. They're... They're houses. They have all the amenities. You've got the internet and the big TV. And you're just in a different area code with a lake in front of you. Now, there's different environments. I'm in the Kawarthas and it's very almost suburban. But you want to get that seclusion, you're going to Halliburton. So from Hamilton, that's four hours Some people don't care. Some people love it. And I'm not judging people who love it. What I'm judging is why I think I have to have one. You know, there's so many things in our lives that we buy because we think we should. I have been programmed that you have a cottage. I was even programmed that you don't rent. Like, you don't want to be a renter. That's just ego. That's just status. That's just, oh, who am I? But it's in there in the back of my head. Oh, I, I know that we could just rent a cottage for two weeks. It costs about six to $10,000 a year just to own a cottage. That's just having it. That's no, the septic system just blew up. That's not buying the boat you're going to want to have with the cottage. That's not, we need a new roof. So people like us who listen to Money Talk and don't have unlimited resources, you buy that cottage 
you have to look at your budget. Do you have 1500 a month to own a cottage? And then you need to think, what else do I want in my life? Because if you have limited resources, like most of my audience, that'll be it. That'll be where you go. And that's cool. That's what you want. Cottages are amazing. They're gathering places. They're places where you make memories. But I guess the question is, do you need to own it to make those memories? I would propose that you do not. From my experience. My family used to go down to Casa del Mar, Longboat Key. We rented. Everyone else didn't. We had the same memories. We went every year at the same time. And even our condo felt like it was ours. We did not need to own to have that experience. And these days, how many of you are going to be able to take a month off? The very wealthy can do that. The people whose partner can take the time because they don't have a job. Well, most of us are both grinding away. We may have one or two weeks off in the summer. You're going to pay six to $10,000 a year for how many weeks? So these are things you want to think about because it's a huge investment. You're going to get it back, but it's going to be taxable when you sell it. It's not like your house. So you really have to, before you even start crunching the numbers, think about why you want to own a cottage. Because you want to think about your lifestyle. Do you want to travel? You know? Do you want to have certain things for your home when you're in the city? Is your cash flow going to support $15,000 to $2,000 a month for this cottage? Plus, 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 plus. Why would, you know, you're going to be at a cottage without a boat? Not for long. Oh, and then you're going to need to buy those blow-up couches that you pull people on these days. Forget what they're called. Those are like 500 bucks. We used to have to water ski in my day. You had to actually have skill. Get up on the skis. Learn a skill. Now, now the kids just sit on giant couches and get pulled around. I guess they wakeboard, but gotta get back in the old skis. I used to ski an hour and a half a day. I never liked it, but I thought it was cool, so I did it. So that brings me back to the whole debate in your mind. Why not just rent? Why do you have to own? You may want to be part of a community and owners are community with owners. So you can all bitch about how much you're paying and the garbage pickup and how towns change. Like I get it, but I'm really struggle. Like I'm sharing my struggle with you. When I go to the cottage, I'm like, oh, I should buy a cottage. It's also a sign of success. I'm sitting on my street this weekend. No one is here. Like, I should be looting everyone's house. Loot! Because everyone's at their cottage. (laughs) So I'm feeling like a loser. I'm going to Gage Park, which I think is awesome. I felt like I was in Central Park. 
We're going for walks. We're having a really beautiful evening. And the back of my head is, but you really should be at the cottage. You really should own a cottage. So why am I sharing these ghosts with you? Because there's so many things that we invest our money in or put our money in because of the shoulds. My friend is inviting me to go to France to see her. And it would be super cool. She is super cool and I love her. And they are so French and I would have awesome stories and pictures for Instagram. But is it a really good time for me to go right now? Is it a really good time for me to spend that money? How many decisions around money in our life are from our belief systems about what life should be, about what success is? The shoulds. And I've said this in another podcast. If no one knew about this purchase, would I buy it? If no one knew I was renting instead of owning, would I just rent? If no one knew I owned this really awesome car, would I buy it? Would I get a lease for $7,000, like $700,000 a month if no one could see me drive this car? And it sounds very simple, but I'm telling you, we all do it. And it gets us into trouble. So I'm going to talk more about the cottage. If you want to buy a cottage. So you've meditated on it. You've searched your soul and you've decided you do want to buy a cottage. You've also determined that you can afford it. Now I said 6,000 a year. It's totally more towards 10 because I wasn't even really considering insurance. And the gas to get there, the 407 trips, definitely I would say between 8 and 10, 6 is very low range. And that's if you don't have a mortgage on this baby. If you have a mortgage right now, let's say you get a $300,000 cottage, with 20% down, your mortgage is 240. That's 1,100 a month. So add that on. And that's not a great cottage, it's uh, 300. Certainly up in the boonies. You're not gonna get anything within a two hour, two and a half hour range for 300, I don't think. You're looking more at four. So you've decided you've got the money. Maybe you don't have a down payment because you're going to need 60000 Now, you can get a cottage with 5% down. You just have to get to mortgage insurance. So that's added to the mortgage. It's not an out-of-pocket expense. So you can get 5% down, but cottages are hard to put mortgages on. They're very stringent about the mortgage financing rules. If you want to get a type A cottage, which is a cottage where you can put less than 35% down, it has to have a full foundation. They don't want you in some trailer park wheeling it away. It has to be four seasons, so you got to winterize that thing. 
And we had to put a water line in for the winter at our cottage. It was going to be 10,000 bucks. So we decided not to. My daughter was living there because she's going to school in Lindsay. We made her live without water for three weeks. She was a homesteader. It was hilarious. It's not fun. But if you get a mortgage on a cottage from a bank, it has to be four seasons. There has to be access by a municipally plowed road. So you're not going to get a mortgage on a cottage on an island. It's going to be super tough. Reasonable resale demand. So it has to be around somewhere where there's other cottages. If it's in the middle of nowhere, there's, there's no comparables. They don't think you're going to be able to resell it. So it's going to be hard to qualify. And you have to have potable water. Water you can drink from. Whether, whether it's a well or um, the lake, you just have to bring a sample in and get it tested before they'll give you your mortgage. Lots of hoops to jump through. I've done a few cottages. They aren't easy. You want to go more rustic, you have to have at least 35% down. So you need to find that down payment. Now, maybe you get an inheritance. That's what most people do. They get that inheritance because if you have 20% down on 300, that's 60,000 you have to come up with. Now, what I did with most of my clients who wanted to buy a cottage, we refinance the primary home in the city because you can go up to 80%. And use that cottage, that money to buy the cottage outright. Super quick. They already know the value of your house. You've already got a mortgage with them. You just need to have enough equity in your house to do that. So instead of getting a mortgage, you add three hundred or four hundred thousand to the mortgage that you have. Take out the cash. Buy the cottage with cash. No mortgage on the cottage. That's the way to do it. That's the smart way, the easy way. Maybe you can't do that. Maybe you're buying with a sister or brother or there's some other situation where you need to get a new mortgage on the cottage. Use a broker. They know the landscape. They'll help get you through it. So let's say I've scared you off buying a cottage. Don't don't lament. All is not lost. You can still have a wonderful life. You don't need to have a staycation. I just looked up uh, Muskoka rentals in the heart of the middle of summer. Twenty six hundred a week. Sleep six. Looks gorgeous. You could do two weeks for fifty two hundred and not come close to how much you're going to spend on a cottage. Two weeks, one of the nicest places in Ontario, in million dollar cottage. You don't have to do any work. Why not? It's it's an option. A lot of people, what you want to do is rent for a while. Because a lot of people I know end up renting and then fall in love with the rental and buy it. It always seems to work out that way. So get your feet wet. Rent around different places. See which types of communities you like. You don't need to jump into buying a cottage. So I just wanted to put that out there that one week, even if it's a $5,000 a week cottage, you're in a stunner. They'll probably let you use the boat 
You got it all going on. And you don't have to work. You just spend time with your family. Bonding. Again, it's what's, what are you interested in? Financially, it probably makes more sense to own a cottage if the equity is going to go back to you. Blah, 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 buddy. Pass it down to the kids. Leave a legacy. I hear you. Maybe you're going to retire up there. I'm just saying not everyone needs to buy. So, rent or own, I have no judgment. Whatever works for you. My own message is, take the time to think about it. Know thyself. I'm 51. I'm still struggling. Filter out the shoulds. Know who you are. Know what a vacation means to you. Know what legacy you want to leave. Know where you want to be in your being. When I really drill down, when I think of May 2-4, it's pyrotechnics, my friends. That's what floats my boat. That's my jam. I am a pyro. Doesn't matter where I light those things off. And I'm not talking fireworks with the baker's dozen. That is bullshit. That belongs on top of a birthday cake. I'm talking purchase online, not for public consumption, pyrotechnics, or it's the size of a case of beer. That's my case of beer for me, 2-4. It comes in the form of a giant pyrotechnic. And it's a lot of money. That's where I want to spend my money, is $100 on a beer case full of explosives. And I can do that anywhere. I don't need to drive three hours and do it up there. It's probably going to be fire warnings anyway. Maybe I am the white trash that belongs blowing off pyrotechnics in the middle of my street. Because I can. Because no one's here. Because they're all at their cottage. So, I'm opening up today. I'm being vulnerable. I'm telling you that I struggle. My identity, my pride, my status wrapped around owning a cottage. So I'm still thinking about it. Maybe we'll chat again. But my lesson for the talk today, think about it, talk about it, be real. And happy birthday, Queen Victoria.